we are back. It is the fall. It's time for some off-season shenanigans here on the Out of the Box podcast. Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury with a special guest that we'll introduce in just a moment. But Tom, hello. How are you, partner? Hey, doing good. There's not really an off-season, but there is a little bit of an off-season. So we'll uh, we'll be able to do a few of these fun-type shows before softball gets rolling again here. Yeah, off-season for softball. Meanwhile, Tom is in the throes of postseason soccer. We've mm. got volleyball, basketball is about to start. So, yeah, there's no actual lot, downtime. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening. And down here at the beach, it decided to be 50 degrees today, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, but it's supposed to be back up into the 70s and the 80s for the weekend and the championships. So hopefully we'll have a good time. As long as there's no more PKs, that wasn't as fun never pks no, never again <laughs> hashtag never pks yes uh, well we're gonna do out of the box office we're gonna talk about mean girls we've got some things to cover but first and foremost it's gonna be fetch oh will it i don't know we'll, stop trying we'll to make see. fetch happen tom let's bring in the third member of our team for this episode our dear friend you know her as a hall of famer at Loyola Marymount. You know her as one of the faces of Athletes Unlimited Softball. You know her as Sam Fisher on Twitter, not the singer, the soft baller. Samu, welcome back. How are you? I'm really good after that introduction, I tell you. I'm here for you, <laughs> my friend. And, yeah, and we, we also know her as movie aficionado, having already done a couple of off the uh, out of the box offices <laughs> with her, including Titanic, which is all so much fun. I mean, that's really my passion. Forget softball. <laughs> before we before we talk about some of the the headlines, I want to get to, and before we dive into Mean Girls, I gotta say, and it was a super sad story, but all of the headlines this summer surrounding the Titanic had me go back and listen to that episode that we made multiple times. <laughs> And, and, you know, as we talked about during that show, I am a huge Titanic freak. It was before the movie. I've, I've always been a like a amateur Titanic historian. You could not pay me enough money to get into a small submersible and go down there. No. No, thank you. No, no, absolutely not. Do, have you guys seen this? What people are talking about, like the Roman Empire. Have you seen this where people are like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And I've been trying mm -hmm. to think about it. I'm like, I think Titanic is my Roman Empire. I think about it like three, four times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And if we ever get to the point where, you know, Elon Musk or somebody comes up with like a reasonable transport to go down there, sure. But in a small submersible that could implode at any time, no, no thanks. I'm good. No. May I recommend using that money to build a softball facility in Nashville, Tennessee? Just yes. saying. That's something. <laughs> that's something. I'm just out here spitting out ideas. Okay, mm -hmm. that's out of the way. Sam, fill us in. How how have you been? What's life been like since we last chatted with you on this podcast over a year ago? Yeah, well, lots of softball has happened since the last time we talked on this podcast. I got to play in season two of AUX and season four of um, Athletes Unlimited Championship season. And it, it was another really super solid year. It was, I think, our most competitive yet. There were some really close games. It was really great. I hit myself a lot up to bat, like fouled balls into my shin. So I'm still recovering there. Um, but great year of softball. 
great year for Athletes Unlimited. And I've I've been working actually for Athletes Unlimited Volleyball. They are playing their season 10 minutes down the road from where I live in Arizona. So that's been really fun to be in an indoor sport, you know, it's like being inside. I don't need to lather up a sunscreen. I can just enjoy air conditioning while watching a sport. It's been really cool. Yeah, especially in Arizona, not as much sunscreen. You can go inside and enjoy the air conditioning. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I need a jacket. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no rain delays, but not an issue in Arizona. <laughs> no, usually we're pretty not. good. Yeah, usually <laughs> not. <laughs> I, a couple of things I want to make sure we dive into. First things first, softball is back in the Olympics. It, it is coming Woo! in 2028. 2024, you messed up. But 2028, we're back. And Sam, I know as somebody who is so vocal in the softball community, that was as thrilling to you as it was for the two of us. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just going to it's going to make everything bigger knowing that we're going to be in 28. We have 5 years of softball essentially marketing, you know, let's get people on board and it's in LA. It's LA is the hotbed of softball in this country. So, it's just it's going to be it's going to be huge and I just think it's going to have a lot of side you know, like side effects of the college game getting bigger, the pro game getting bigger. It's just, you know, it's it's great when we're in the Olympics. And when, you know, we had, unfortunately, like we mentioned, no, nothing in 2024. It, I can't believe we're we're still at the situation where this is a an issue. Like it should be a no brainer yeah. that sports like, if we're putting freaking break dancing in, you know, softball and baseball should, should be in without any problem. You would think, but yeah. Alas, sometimes. Alas. So, so yeah. like that would mean, I assume, in 2028, not only do we need good turnouts and we need we need a, a strong showing from whoever wins, but the issue in my eyes seems to be depth of of quality teams from around the world. And so, if everybody else besides the U.S. and Japan can kind of bolster some things up for 2028, I think I think that'll lock things up for sure moving forward. I would hope. You'd think, you'd think, and you'd yes. hope. And that's what, I mean, I think that's part of being involved in softball is a lot of thinking, a lot of hoping and, and just kind of, you know, forging ahead and continuing to fight the good fight. Yeah. yeah. I think part of the issue is that it's the United States that is, you know, the, the dominant team in it, because there are other sports where there are, there is a dominant country and it's not the United States and they're in it every year without any issue. Uh, there's just a kind of a worldwide uh, bias, I'll say, against the United States in certain things, and unfortunately, baseball and softball. Also, we invented it. Uh, Will kind of, <laughs> kind of, unfortunately, has has that type of bias against us. And the crazy irony is, we haven't won the the last right. two med golds. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, honestly, just sign up for the U.S. Japan rivalry. Like Sam, we did that that zoom the day of the gold medal yes. game like that was yes we did there's nothing better than an old-fashioned u.s versus japan fight for a gold medal like i'm on the edge of my seat at two in the morning you know just yeah. you know wide awake i yeah. can definitely see the japan pitcher being 50 something years old and still being out there and striking people out it's gonna be crazy kiko where are you <laughs> yes, at girl um... <laughs> absolutely she's like it's my time to shine i mean it's continuing to be my time to shine mm, yes. <laughs> for the last four decades <laughs> <laughs> so softball's back in the olympics another topic that i want to make sure we cover because it's a story that dropped a couple days ago and 
he, the person I'm about to discuss was a, was a big part of our lives, Tom and Sam, I know you're a fan of the show. Uh, rest in peace to, to Matthew Perry, one of the true legends of comedy and of television. Uh, the reason this is important to us, we've said this on the air a couple times, Tom and I on these road trips every night, Tom, what do we go to bed to? Friends on Naked Night. Yes, with the sleep timer on, and sometimes I'll adjust it and add an extra hour because I'm doing stats. I've put the CPAP on long ago, and I'm out, but Gray's still up doing the stats, watching Friends. And yeah, just, uh, you know, yeah, I think it's kind of unfortunately, it's a little bit part of getting older is that, you know, when you're watching a show that, shoot, is 20-something years old itself, um, you're unfortunately going to start losing people. But uh, that was certainly a you know, really sad uh, to see Matthew Perry uh, pass away, especially considering he had fought through so many personal demons and it seemed to come out on the other side and was helping other people. Uh, just a, just a sad, a sad situation all the way around. Yeah. I think you guys nailed it. And and I think too, it, it speaks to me. I travel all the time. Anytime I get to a hotel, I put on friends to go to bed. And I always, I'm always being like 30 more minutes on the timer. It's going to be fine. You know, I seen these episodes a thousand times, but when, when it can make you laugh and, and, you know, Matthew Perry's line Chandler made you laugh. Even if you know the line, you know what he's going to say, you know what, how he's going to deliver it. And it's still funny. It still, still makes you laugh out loud. I think that's really, really special. There, during uh, Rachel and Ross's fight, when, when he comes out from behind the door, the, I knew it every time <laughs> I will bust out laughing every single time. I know it's it's so good. It. It's the best. You know You're what I'm going to do next time? Bend over. That one. Joe, he puts on everything Chandler owns. And he goes, that is so not the opposite. My name's Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? It's just, uh, that's why it's so funny. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Matthew Perry, one of the best. And I want to make sure that we touched on that on this podcast because also it's on, also it's on TBS in the morning. If you're just <laughs> happen to be in a hotel room in Pensacola, Florida, and it's 30 degrees outside, you know, friends and so on. It's on hey, almost any time. And max for all the other hours. So <laughs> yeah, you there can you go. watch friends forever. If you want. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, last thing before we get into the movie, Tom, a couple of Media Days announcements. As we record this right now, we are nearing the halfway point of our interviews. We have almost gotten all of the SEC head coaches and our one bonus team, which, spoiler alert, because we've announced it, Northwestern State and Lacey Prejean. And a couple of interesting things that have come out of these, no spoilers, because they're all going to launch at the end of the month, but I've been really surprised by... Not necessarily surprised, but intrigued by some of the responses to the rules change question. The thing that everyone seems to be pinpointing was not the thing that jumped out to me first. And mm -hmm. overall, we've talked to a lot of coaches who, shocker, feel really, really good about their teams this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the one thing. When you're talking to people in the fall, everyone likes their team. They're, you know, everyone has really good chemistry and people are really coming along really well and uh, I think part of that is because we're also talking to teams that are legitimately going to be good. So there's, so, you know, it's, it's a combination of that, but it's just going to, the SEC is just going to continue to be so competitive. And um, there's teams, there are a lot of teams that have questions or questions that the coaches don't necessarily have answers to yet. You know, you're not going to get those answers sometimes until February or March, but the, you know, a lot, a lot of positives 
going on. I've been very interested and, and intrigued by some of the answers that coaches have had talking about realignment, just the general state of softball moving forward with all the realignment that's happening. Facilities have been has been a really good discussion. So uh, and there's been a food question. So we'll have it all. We'll have it all out there for everyone. Yeah, that's a tease mm-hmm. in the business. We call that a tease. So stay tuned for that. It will be launching Tuesday, November 28th. That will be right now the scheduled first of four episodes for 2023 softball media days. All the SEC head coaches and Northwestern State, our 14th mystery team. Tom, it's always a blast. You know my favorite part about it, and then we'll bring Sam back in. It's like talking to old friends. Every time we get on these Zooms, it's like three minutes of preamble and joking. And then we do the interview, which caution to the listeners. They're longer this year. They just are because the coaches trust us more and they're giving us more stuff and we're asking more in return. And and then we, you know, we stop recording and we chat again for another five minutes and it kind of becomes like an hour long process. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, we've talked about before that uh, the the coaches yeah, are getting to know us more and more each year and have I'm sure listened to at least their their uh, interviews back or everybody else's and know that we're not we're not trying to catch anybody or gotcha anybody we're just we're having a discussion about how how their teams look and it you know kind of is a show that it is kind of a, a softball family as much as we're rivals during the season and uh, I did not enjoy most of our matchups with Tennessee last year at Alabama, but I enjoyed talking to Karen weekly about it. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. November 28th will be the first of four episodes that schedule with what coaches will be on which day will come out prior to that release date. Let's just say that I'm not quite sure when, but stay tuned for that. In a word, Tom, I would say that 2023 softball media days will be fetch. Mm. So fetch in fact, but I'll stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. Alongside Tom Canterbury, special guest Sam Fisher, I'm Gray Robertson. Ooh. This is Out of the Box Office, and this is Mean Girls. second season of movie breakdowns gray and tom and sam sam is back as tom mentioned earlier for a third out of the box office episode sam why mean girls this was one of the movies that you mentioned right off the bat when we started discussing what we would talk about on on this pod you know it's it's just so good it's just so well done it's it just has like spanned you know so long you know almost 20 years now of being good. You can watch it now and feel like, I mean, these are kind of some of my answers as we go forward, but like you can feel the relevance and especially no offense to you guys living life as a girl, you can really feel the relevance sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think one of the really cool things about it is it kind of it is one of those movies that is in on the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler uh, pairing the dynamic that they've all, the, it's kind of a, similar to what Chris Farley and David Spade had to where, you know, if they're in a movie, 
if they were part of, you know, if they were, you know, the writers of it, or if they created it, you knew it was going to be really good. And, and this, um, cause I would probably say for me, I probably watched a movie like baby mama more than mean girls <laughs> until I had two daughters. And then Mean Girls has jumped above Baby Mama, but I love Baby Mama, and you know the bunch of other ones that they, that they put together have been hilarious. Yes, the oft-forgotten sisters of a few years ago, which is you know fine, not like the top top tier like Mean Girls, but that was. I mean, here's mm -hmm. the thing, and we'll we'll talk about Tina Fey a lot during this podcast. I'm sure she is so good at everything it feels like her writing is so sharp i think she's a really underrated actress especially with comedy like people just take her for granted they assume oh tina fey's in it she's going to be good but she's able to bring such nuance to things and make it relatable for everybody which is so impressive i think that's a, like a skill especially especially cross like all types of people i think that that's the biggest thing that's so impressive where it's like the three of us are all different and we've lived different lives and, and we're all like, yeah, this is great. This is great. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> yeah. We've got two guys, one who is a father of two daughters and one girl. And we're all like, hell yeah. Mean girls. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's dive into some of the basic information about the movie released April 30th, 2004 folks. That means we are nearing the 20th anniversary of mean girls ridiculous yeah how'd that happen i don't know time time goes on as that ed sheeran song says but don't cry <laughs> on this pod now sam that'll be coming later perhaps <laughs> uh directed by mark waters who didn't do much else of note in his career gonna be honest uh written by tina fey who has done a thousand things in her career starring <clears throat> Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, Tim Meadows, Anna Gasteyer, Lizzie Kaplan, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Amanda Seyfried. Like, we've got a stacked cast here, Sam. Yeah, yes. And and I feel like it's 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 so cool because you can you you see them all throughout other things too. Like they and Rachel McAdams is the one where you're like, she's so sweet, but she's Regina George. That's scary. That's scary good. And I think it also shows like Lindsay Lohan, had she not had, you know, so much of her personal issues, like she's a good actress. Yeah. She's like, she's really good. Yes. When she's not crazy. <laughs> so, you know, well, you know, things happen. You pair this with Freaky Friday and the parent trap. Oh. And like young Lindsay Lohan, like there was mm. something there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even so. just, I've seen interviews about like the parent trap because that's just talk about another just staple film and about like people talking about her as a young actress, the, the things that she was able to do. And she's talking to herself most of the movie and just, just, yeah, you're right. Like there, she, she really, she really was amazing. We, we all yeah. know that story. It does not need to be covered on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, 66 out of 100 on Metacritic, budget of 17 million, box office of $130.1 million. My bad. That's good, very good, good for a comedy. Yes. In today's yeah. day and age. Awards Corner, Tina Fey, this is a big deal. 
Tina Fey was nominated for a Writers Guild Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. If you go through the WGA nominees, it pretty much matches like, you know, the Best Picture nominees and like all the all the usual like quote unquote awardsy stuff. The fact that Mean Girls was nominated for a WGA, that's the Writers Guild. These are like other writers voting on this. It got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay really, I think, showcases what it meant to the culture at large at the time. Like this was a pretty, not necessarily highbrow, but this was a very well-respected movie when it came out. Yeah, that's good to know. I, I did not know that it got any award nomination. So, and I think rightfully so. The, the fact that that was adapted from a book and and played so well on the, on the screen shows more of what we talked about with Tina Fey's abilities. And I think too, something that's interesting, especially because we're in the year of Barbie, like this is just, like all female cat, like for the most part, like the main characters are female. It's female centric. It's, it's, you know, written by, by these amazing women. And I, I mean, I was 13 when it came out. So, and Twitter wasn't really like a thing. So I really wonder, I, cause of all the stuff you've heard about Barbie and like, you know, it's a very female movie and hearing some backlash. I really wonder what, what people were talking about on the town back then because it was such an amazing movie and everybody went and saw it yeah i I mean i think and i think barbie is a testament to this as well like if your movie's good people are going to be into it no matter who it's for because i i you know we're gonna do our top 10 movies of the year pod next month barbie is almost a lock to be on my list it, now I've got 27 yeah. movies I need to see before that podcast, so we'll see. But <laughs> like, it, th- this is just a good movie that everybody yeah. liked, and, and I think that that is so powerful. And I, I wish we got more movies like this. I, maybe we can talk about why we haven't. But I, I mean, this was just something that everybody loved, Tom. And yeah, they were able to do that without being like over the top preachy or, or like all this other, they didn't, they didn't beat you over the head with the stuff, which I think is one of the issues with a lot of movies now is that, you know, you can, the, no one understands subtlety anymore about, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, if they, if they have some sort of uh, agenda, they're going to beat you over the head with it. This, this movie didn't do that, but it still had, you know, so many good things to say. I think that's an excellent point. A a couple of the fun facts. We've already talked about how this is adapted based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes. Uh, Lindsay Lohan originally read for Regina George, but the casting team felt she was closer to what they were looking for in the role of Katie Heron. And since Lohan feared the mean girl role would harm her reputation, she agreed to play the lead. And Faye cast uh, Rachel McAdams because... She's kind and polite, and that made her perfect for being such an evil-spirited character, Sam. So just what you were talking about. Yeah, and that really is a fun fact, because you you feel like you can you really know these people, where you're watching this movie, and you know you're like, she kind of reminds me of her. She kind of reminds me of her. You know, it's very relatable. It's very real and very genuine. So I think that that's, that's like a super fun fact. A couple casting things. Blake Lively was the top choice to play Karen. That's crazy. It's a mischance. <laughs> I mean, I love Amanda Seyfried in the role, but I also greatly enjoy seeing Blake Lively anytime I can. Huge fan. Yeah. Evan Rachel Wood of Westworld fame. I don't even know what she was going to be, but she was just in the notes. I, I, 
I can't imagine where she would have been, but I would have been. It'd have been interesting to see. Ashley Tisdale as Gretchen. Hmm, that could have been good. I'm not sure where the timeline is on High School Musical. I think this is a slightly pre. It's yeah, very slightly pre. A couple yeah. years maybe. So that would have been really fascinating with the benefit of hindsight, but oh well. And uh, James Franco as Aaron Samuels. Well, of course, this was during the time when James Franco was in everything. Yeah. So I'm not shocked that his yeah. name was in, in there. So yeah. the original uh, the original cut of this film was rated R because it had some nasty, freaky stuff in it, and they had to cut some things. <laughs> and I'm glad they did because this, this movie became one of the reasons, like I mentioned before, is because it got a good following with teenagers and, you know, tweens, those type of, and, you know, you know, 2023, I understand, you know, they've pretty much seen everything, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they went a little bit more wholesome with it and got rid of some of the, the really over the top stuff. I could assume some of the raps from Kenny G were probably yeah. <laughs> you know, much worse in the original script. Uh, cut back on those a little bit. That's funny. Maybe that'll come up later. Who's to say? Who's to say? Last thing, a flyer in the girls' bathroom says the talent show is Thursday, November 27th, 2003. That was Thanksgiving that year. Weird time for your winter talent show. And then dancing to Jingle Bell Rock. Right. Mm, yes, of course. <laughs> the, With the same the choreography. Thanksgiving the, anthem. The... <laughs> <laughs> With apparently 20-year-old choreography that the fun mom had <laughs> shall we get to the segments Emory Lane Sam Fisher where were you when you first saw the movie Mean Girls I honestly got I'm pretty sure I was at a sleepover I was in eighth grade like I was in the transition of eighth grade going into ninth grade so we had you know a lot of sleepovers that summer after the movie came out so sleepover with all the girls watching Mean Girls (laughs) as one does Tom hopefully you didn't you know make a a burn book or anything while while you guys were doing sleepover no no we were the girls that were getting made fun of in the burn book not the people (laughs) making the burn book (laughs) <laughs> i i really don't have a story of the the first time i saw it i mean i'm sure i saw it at some point but i don't like i said it, it kind of came back into my purview uh having two daughters and and they they've really enjoyed it um and to the point of a couple weeks ago as we record this uh we went uh my oldest daughter's uh, chloe's birthday present was uh, tickets to see the Mean Girls musical that is touring, the Broadway musical that is touring. And uh, so we saw that in Birmingham and uh, such a great movie. It starts off like the uh, the person doing the uh, please turn off all your your phones and everything is Tina Fey. So she comes on and does that that spiel at the beginning. It finished off by saying, this is already a movie. Why would you want to record it? Um, and, <laughs> and then- That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it had some really good songs in it. My favorite song was actually about Regina George. It's a song called Apex Predator, uh, which is really good. They kind of play into that motif, like in the movie, uh, if the if this was actually a jungle and, and all the kids were, were animals, that she would be the Apex Predator. Sounds like something worth checking out. If you're listening, mm-hmm. wherever it is now, I don't know what locale the musical is in at, at, at this point. 
mine, <laughs> mine is kind of a funny story. So uh, I attended, I attended a school called Woodbury for high school. I'm actually wearing as we record a Woodbury shirt tonight. And I think it was freshman year. Somebody was like, yo, let's watch Mean Girls. And we just did. <laughs> and that was my first viewing. And I thought it was so funny and so clever. And like you were talking about, Sam, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, psh, I know that girl. Oh, I know that girl. Yeah. Oh, I know that gr I know that boy version of that girl. Like it, you know, <laughs> it is something that you experience at some point in your life. You experience these characters, whether you really know it or not at the time. Yeah, that's funny. So you were about the same age that I was when I first saw the movie. Just the difference was the movie was coming out when I was that age. And it was already maybe a few years old by the time you were in high school <laughs> yes gray is young we get it Baby gray. <laughs> way to bring the group chat to the zoom sam <laughs> i had to i had to okay moving on let's go to the Rhodes house award for best scene which full scene stands out in the movie i've got five sam you can stop me if anything catches your eye the first thing i had written down is the first lunchroom scene meeting regina i think that that is mm a perfect way to introduce her character you know kind of sweetly but you can see in the eyes that something's not right there and because <laughs> of katie slash caddy we might call her caddy throughout the pod who's to say because of her naivete in the public school high school world she doesn't pick up on it but you the viewer do and i think that that's such a a really smart bit of writing and staging in that entire scene I, I, you're so right. That's funny. Like it, you wouldn't think of it like that. Of she, Katie can't tell, but we're all like, don't sit there, don't sit there, don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> that smile ain't real, girl. Get out. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> do you want to go through the rest of your scenes? Well, all right. Let's, uh, Sam. What do you have? What's first on your list? Well, I, I just put one because I was thinking like best scene. Like I, if I had to pick just one. I Far think away. it's my, I think when, at, like when Katie's having the party and Damien and Janice are driving and they're like, oh, so this is what you were doing, you know, and he's driving, he's like, I cannot stop this car. I have a curfew. And there's so many different things that are happening in this one scene. And she's just like telling her, you know, you're, you're plastic. You're a mean girl. And Katie's like trying to defend herself and saying, no, like I had to pretend. And she's like, you're not pretending anymore. And and how she's just like, here, I want a prize. And, you know, throws her painting at her and you see it and the music that plays and you're like, holy crap, this whole this whole movie just came to this moment of what are we doing here? What what matters? What's genuine? And I just thought, I and, and then just Damien be like, I will not stop this car. I, I just think it's just a really, really amazing, well-rounded scene. And I think it's the best one. There's some tricky and some nifty directing moves in that as well, because you've got everybody moving in that moment, yes, which, the whole which time. makes it the really cool to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think I just think it's amazing. Uh, I really enjoy the uh, the four way call scene. Mm -hmm. And my the, my favorite part about it is that Regina is eating the entire time <laughs> and to a point of where she's literally eating a loaf of bread. Wow. It's, a, it's a whole baguette. The whole baguette. Because <laughs> she's on an all-carb diet to try to yeah. lose weight. 
which I don't think she understands uh, <laughs> what is going on here. But yeah, that whole thing, you see how they're, you know, they're all trying to play off each other. Um, the, it's, it's, uh, it's really well done all the way around. Very comedic, uh, but also it furthers along the plot and the story really well. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's an incredible device. The th- I had the, th- the first three-way call when, yeah. when Katie isn't aware of what's going on. I think yeah. that I think that that's just so smart. That's such such fun movie mumbo jumbo. And then, obviously, the hallway fight and the gym scene with the trust fall like that. That's just like an unassailable fifteen minutes. Like that's just yeah. it, it's like peak <laughs> peak yeah. comedy. I think it's probably the most laughs per minute you could argue of the entire movie. You're probably right. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> It's time for the Go Award for Best Moment, which small moment stands out in the movie, impresses you. I've got six written down. Sam, you want to go first? I love that. I love that. Like, I, I take it so literally where I'm like, okay, I have to just pick one. And you're like, here's here's my tears. Here's and I just 15. like, I, just, <laughs> I, and I and I love it so much. And so this is really hard because there's so many good moments and so many good little things where you look back and you, it's like one of those movies where you pick up something that you didn't remember from the time before that when you watched it. But I, I picked when, when um, they're at this, the same party as my best scene. Um, and she's in the room with Aaron and she's like starting to word vomit. And then she tells him to shut up. And he says to her like, God, like don't, you're just like Regina. You are, like you are her and this, you know, this whole movie is getting to this point and she's lost in the sauce. And then she actually throws up on him. And that's just like, you know, and it, it was just after he had seen the picture, like where he saw all the plastics and then he moved the picture and he, he saw like young Katie and, and that's who he really liked. And, and then she comes in and, and just when she tells him, shut up, like trying to be cool, like, Oh no, no, shut up. It's like, it's cool. And he's like, not having it. I, I, that that scene stands out to me as far as like the plot of the movie. Mm. I think that first off, that's a fascinating choice for the woman whose landmine from Titanic was the spitting scene. I hate that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so. <laughs> but Thanks the throwing out the that. spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you can't see it. Nobody's like hawking up anything, you know. It's just. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a good point. I should think about that further. All right, I'm. I we could do it later. I'll do it now. Did she drink enough to throw up? I. You know what? Like, I, I, I didn't like drink alcohol in high school, so it could mean it could be one drink could do it for a seventeen year old, or it could. I don't. It didn't seem like it. Just, but you also like what was in her cups? You know? Like maybe so. I'm showing my hand, and maybe I just quote <laughs> go too hard. But I think by my count, it was a drink and two shots, and you know that doesn't that doesn't really make it happen. Yeah, but also, do we have any evidence that she had ever consumed alcohol before? I, I'm not sure. That's also fair. Yeah, that happens. All right, the my list for the Go Award. Welcome. I'm from Michigan. Just what a banger joke to start out. <laughs> yep, yeah, good start. Could go in best quote. I'm putting it for best moment because I, I think it's like okay. the, the best joke 
I think it's the be- first best joke in the movie. Uh, the cut to Regina's father while she is modeling her Halloween costume. Tom, your thoughts on that moment? <laughs> I've had a moment or two similar to that. Not at that level, but similar to that myself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I knew everything that was happening there. Because not only did that, it, it, it uh, portrayed and projected like what his normal everyday life is because i'm sure living <laughs> with her and the and the and the fun mom it, he he has just totally uh just retreated into his own private hill and that's where he is in all, all day every day that's really like, funny i mean the man is basically crying it's right. so <laughs> tough and it's the only time we see him i think in the entire movie yes and think, he, yeah. he did a great job so kudos to that actor <laughs> well done we see Bravo. should have had him down for um for unsung hero i've also <laughs> got uh just just the scene and the shot of regina standing on the stairs as madness ensues in the hallway and the the uh, zoom out to to showcase everything i think that that's that's really cool and another nifty nifty little bit of movie magic to make that work mm-hmm. i can picture her with her arms crossed and like the way she's standing and just like evil genius. Yeah, I, I did all this. Tom, yeah. you're a your Go Award recipient. I think also one. I don't think one we talked about is the scene in the uh, in the mall where they're kind of portrayed as as the jungle characters, like we talked about in the musical. That they do that a lot, where the where she's kind of seeing all that go on, and then having you know, calling the the girl's <laughs> mom saying she's from Planned Parenthood is just so brutal. Oh. And and it's funny, but at the same time, like you can see Lindsay Lohan does a great job in that scene of, oh, shit. I think that's when the first time she really sees, oh, this is why Regina yeah. is known as, as an evil genius. Because she, she just did that and didn't even think two things about it. You can make the argument that's the meanest thing she does in the movie. Yeah. That was really brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. The Allison Habits Herman Boone Run Through a Wall Award. Which character makes you want to run through a wall for them because they motivate you or just because you want to protect them? Uh, I'm going to go with Tim Meadows. Ah. Uh, uh, what's what's his name? And, and Principal what's his Duvall. Principal Duvall. <laughs> and this, I think, is just, you know, from being a substitute teacher and kind of seeing how high school is, like, really – you know, there's always the over-the-top things where you watch it like, well, this would never happen in real life. You know, like, like, you know, she's walking in at the beginning and someone has their computer literally on fire uh, in the, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not really going to happen. But you know, I, one of the things that I think rang the truest was when he is emceeing the uh, talent show and he he gets up there and he, and he gets, all right, I want to hear everybody. And then, all right, calm down. All right, stop. Like <laughs> that happens every assembly. Anything that like that happens at school, where like whoever's running it will try to get everybody so excited, but also, oh wait, I have to have quiet to be able to do what I'm doing, and expecting all these teenagers to uh, to just completely be quiet right out. It, it's 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 one of those things that whenever it happens in school, I'm like, why why are we doing this? No, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I thought that was one of the more truer to life things that happened. And it's it's such a little subtle joke, but it, it's really good. 
I put Katie's parents like, and I don't know if this is because now I'm like having these conversations as a 33 year old person compared to when I was 13 watching it for the first time, but they went through it, man. They saw their daughter like just transform and, and they see her as who she really is. And they're like, and the best part too, is when she got grounded and then like left the house and the mom's like, she's not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that when you're grounded. Okay, interesting. I just they they just seemed like re- like really good people who gave her a really good life and 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 that I think that's part of why she turned into the plastic because maybe she was a little sheltered because of her sweet, loving, caring parents. But I I feel like I'd really run run through a wall for them. I've got Ms. Norberry because mm. she seems like a legitimately cool teacher. I know that she taught math, which bleh, and I know that she coached <laughs> mathletes, which like is apparently social suicide, according to the movie. But Ms. Norberry seems like a legitimately nice, kind, funny person. I would have probably been friends with her if I had gone to this school. Yeah. That when they when they meet each other and, and they when they see her at in the mall and have that scene is that I think I think that scene was because at the end you're saying, well, this was sufficiently awkward. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. That's, seeing <laughs> teachers in real life is super strange. They it is, it, it was, it too. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, think back when you were in middle school or high school, and if you saw a teacher, like, out, and you're like, wait a second. That's where, like, when you, this even happens in high school. If if a teacher has, makes a pop culture reference, that, that and the kids will just be stunned that that you know something that's happening like in pop culture right now like we're not supposed to know that yeah i guess i know who taylor swift is thank you (laughs) that's great oh man taylor swift sam quick taylor swift take oh you want me to give give us a taylor swift take just anything tom in retrospect i wish this had been a question we'd asked all the coaches for media days (laughs) a taylor swift take i really want to hear tim walton's answer to this Oh my God. I, you know what? A quick take is I think she's perfect. I don't know. I, like, I think yeah. that she's absolutely incredible. And I think her uh, songwriting, like, I think re- listening to her re records of her albums has shown how far she's come with singing. She, to be fair, like, when she was first doing it and was singing Teardrops of My Guitar, you're like, yeah, she's like, the lyrics are great. The singing is okay. But she has come very far and put in the work. And she's, I mean, she's just outstanding. I continue to be amazed by her every day. And she's not a bad actress either. Ten Things I Hate About You. She's good in that. Hey, she is (laughs) directing a feature film that will be out next year. So. Taylor, what I feel like I saw this. This is maybe we can discuss this off the, off the episode, but. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into it post record i think she's coming out with a book i don't know anyway moving on you know i i'd read it no she's got more albums Uh, taylor swift chill girl like it's okay we get it (laughs) big fan over here i'm like give me more. go take a vacation she deserves it she's heading off to the next part of her tour now she's She's like my vacation is a chief's game (laughs) right will will she and travis kelsey still be together by super bowl time I'm hoping he's the one. Wow. Might as well. I'm in. Yeah. There's, he shot his person. I mean, lessons to be learned for all of us, even though you're yeah. both happily married. So really just me. <laughs> right. 
Just just you, Greg. Shoot your shot. <laughs> Shoot is what your I'm shot, saying. yes. yes. Noted. Blake Lively, check your DMs. <laughs> There's no graceful transition into gold mine, so let's just go is, there. <laughs> is Jennifer Lopez married now or is, is she in between people? What is Jennifer Connolly up to nowadays? <laughs> is, is she she's, cool. she's my pinch hitter. She's coming in this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. She should that. be in every movie, so it's fine. <laughs> Good point. Yes. I agree with you. Uh, Thanks Sam, as always to Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> Sam, give us your gold mines. This is off the rails. Go ahead, Sam. I, I like, I really couldn't, I couldn't pick because I, I just think that the whole movie is a gold mine. I think that the premise is a gold mine. I think that, the, I mean, the casting is mm-hmm. a gold mine. And, and I, I just think that there's so much that's still relevant about this movie. And that's that I just think it's absolutely, I couldn't pick. I really couldn't pick. I think if I, if I did have to pick, it's when Regina says to like a, a girl walking by, like, oh my God, I love your skirt. Where'd you get it? Oh, like it was my mom's, you know? And she said, vintage. And then the girl walks away and she turns and she says, that is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. That, if I had to pick, that's probably my gold mine because such is life. But I just, I, that move, it, the movie's a gold mine, I think. Yeah, I, I would say the relevance that, you know, it, it's something that, it, uh it stood the test of time you know even you know if you have some old tech alerts or things like that it's still i mean it, it kind of showed you a social media world when there wasn't social media uh and the yeah. social media was basically the social media was the cafeteria yeah. but you know th- that's how that's how it how it is uh now uh so i i think it, it does a great job of being relevant considering it's 20 years old here are my gold mines. I, the casting was number one. I mean, like the yeah. whole, it, it's it's a banger of a cast. Like everyone is perfect and just, just frankly, no notes. Uh, I think yeah. that the talking heads describing Regina and Katie throughout the film are, are some of the, some of the most hilarious parts of the movie. Yeah. So. Regina George punched me in the face. It was awesome. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How about Amy Ugh. Poehler? Amy Poehler. Now Outstanding. it's funny. I'm wondering the mindset of like 2004 because she's she's doing SNL. Parks and Rec is coming soon. I think that starts in 06 maybe. And like, you know, you've seen her elsewhere. But I feel like this movie kind of made Amy Poehler somebody that you were looking for when you were watching things. Yeah. I think so. She like, nailed said, it. She nailed it. And even though they didn't have any interaction, I don't think in the movie, you know, that, that pairing of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, this was kind of the one that really solidified them as the next, you know, Chris Farley, David Spade. Yeah. I love that. I've got the, uh, the burn book just as a plot device. I think that's brilliant. Uh, this, this one might surprise you. Rachel McAdams line reading of sweatpants are all that fits me right now. Hmm. It's the one time I feel bad for her. And the fact that I felt bad for her at all is a testament to that line reading from Rachel McAdams. Like that, the pain in her voice, you feel that. And you're like, I've been there. 
And then you're like, wait, screw you, Regina. No, get out. <laughs> yeah, you you made these rules and now they're coming back to bite you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there was, yeah, but you didn't feel bad for her when she got hit by a bus? <laughs> I mean... That was more like shock. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah, I'll play I'll I'll plead other emotions when that happened. But this was the one line where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Rachel. Uh I think Regina's plan is actually quite brilliant. And she's quite close to pulling it off if if everybody hadn't gone so berserk. But yeah, it's quite good. And then finally, Sam, to your point, the Mean Girls brand. I sent you both the Walmart commercial that came out today as we record. This thing is still alive and well. And and like, so I watched, I watched it and watched it and watched it because I was like the the music, you know, the 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 Mean Girls music and the lines and the dancing and the just it that was just really really good, really well done. Especially when uh, Gretchen's like. I'm like such a good mom. <laughs> the character I'm is impressed. alive and well. Yes. I'm impressed, <laughs> and I'm Karen. I'm Karen. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, all right, that's uh, that's all I've got for gold mines. Tom, kick us off with landmines. What 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 tiny things from the movie do you not like? What what were you watching that you know didn't quite sit well with you? Landmines. There's not really a whole lot. I will say, you know, looking the. The plan that the best friend and Damien have, you know, when when they do have the blow up at the end and Katie is saying, you know, this was your plan. This is that's right. She, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, this was your revenge plan. And similar to what happens with Regina, it's kind of coming back to bite you now. I know I don't know. if I think she was kind of played a little bit too much as a protagonist where she could have had she had some flaws that weren't really um addressed maybe best way to put that i think that's extremely fair i've actually seen that um you know things come around on 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 the on the internet and tweets saying like was janice actually the villain because yeah. she, she like that this whole thing was put in motion because of a little wanting a little bit of revenge Mm-hmm. And the the musical actually goes even further. Like Janice has a big song at the end after after Katie breaks up the the crown and gives it off to everybody. And like and she's just portrayed as this one hundred percent you know good guy the entire time. And I mean she had elements that, and flaws that they didn't really talk about too much. Good I think point. That's fair. Do you have any other landmines? Not really. I mean, I, I, it, that, and even that one's a small one in general. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it, it holds up extremely well. I, I think that the, like, I completely agree. I don't think that there's a lot, but I think that if you made this movie in present day, the, the burn book is very relevant, but girls aren't writing things down like that anymore. It's like more of a, a group chat or, you know, a private It'd be a group message. chat for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, like, oh boy, the screenshot things. version of the burn book. That is what's coming. Yes, exactly. So I think, you know, the burn book just in its physicality, but the burn book as the idea still translates. But yeah, I don't think girls are scrapbooking as much anymore when they're like, oh my God, fugly. You know, I think that they're just texting <laughs> in a group like, oh my God, did you see that ugly skirt that she wore at school today? Like those types of things. But 
yeah, I mean, I still love me the burn book. It's still a very important part of the whole, you know, the whole thing to get everything across. Yeah. Mm. Kids don't leave a paper trail. If you're that's the answer. Yes. <laughs> don't no paper trail. I've got pictures like damn resourceful. Well, you know, right. How yeah. do they have pictures of everybody? I, you know, which would be a lot one. easier to get if pictures would actually be a lot easier today because you grab them. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Hit up the gram and mm. <laughs> screenshot. All right. I've got a couple. Let's hear it. Aaron Samuel's costume to the Halloween party. So so during this movie, we see him playing soccer. We see him going to swim team practice, but he dressed as a football player for Halloween. What's his deal? What, That's really what, funny. Why? Why? What's what's he doing? Was he like, this is what I'm not. So why I'm out of ideas. Like, I don't know. That's just seems like an That's odd funny. choice. Well, the, really well the, the guy's costume was not the the thing it was about the girls so yeah, but i mean hey i just they're just there know. uh we need to talk about the timeline of janice and regina's friendship this was something that i really struggled with as the movie went on because like we we're looking for these things we're looking for details and things to pinpoint so they're eighth grade best friends janice leaves and comes back quote unquote for high school makes sense we know that they're juniors because all the junior girls are, are instructed to meet in the gym but during jingle bell rock damien turns to janice and says they're still using your original choreography and that confused me that was that made me wonder so have they I, i'm have they been doing this dance since junior high was like yes right. that that in the in the musical they say that this is the sixth year that they have done this this, all right this, okay this, yeah all so, right so that yes, tells me did. that that detail was something that they wanted to add in the musical right that they that but it, that also it was one of those things that when they said that wait a second so sixth grade girls were was were doing this dance which is not oh, the uh, same costumes right which was not um jingle bell rock in the musical i don't know why i guess they couldn't get the the rights in the musical it was called rocking around the pole the christmas pole <laughs> so it's even yeah it's even more yeah, it's worse who among us has not rocked around a pole at some yes. point in our lives yeah oh my god that's amazing well there it you is. go gray there you go i'm happy yeah. to hear to answer your questions uh, that, that makes me that makes me feel better because as i was watching the movie that did not track in my head and i, mm. I had that down as a landmine uh, a couple others Katie gets a test back and gets a 58, which is marked a D. That is an F. What are we doing? A yeah. D? No, that is an F. I'm sorry. Uh, and yeah. finally, no sequel. I mean, uh, there is a quote unquote sequel. But yeah. Not a sequel with this cast. And Tina Fey has said since, and I think quite recently, actually, that that, that was a mistake. And I agree with her. Wow. It's so tough because you think of the things that make movies so great. Like I, I can, I think of like my favorite, my favorite uh, example of this is Despicable Me. How great were the like the minions at right? And they weren't like the main characters. They just had their little bits and pieces, and they it was perfect. And that movie was great. And then they started, <clears throat> excuse me, making. They ended up making just a minions movie, and it kind of like 
watered it down the more that we saw of this universe and we're like I don't know they were the funniest in the first movie but it was because we got little bits and pieces of them so I wonder what that would have been like what would the sequel have been like would it have been them going to college and like you know so I would be scared to, to see a, a watered down Mean Girls I never even watched the sequel I didn't either I, I yeah. do think the Walmart commercial gives us an interesting template of what a present day sequel would look like and I love I think that that is amazing as like them as parents or them as like grown women I think that you're right because I watch that I'm like oh my god I'm feeling it, it this is amazing it just especially when Gretchen's like like such a good mom you know seeing how their personalities translate onto the next generation yeah gruel Tom <laughs> what a ludicrous <laughs> word so good I, yeah. I like that she explained to him what happened See, I was going to say cool, but then I said started to say great, and it combined into gruel. And then she was like, "He was like, okay, that that is actually when you do something like that, that is the best way to diffuse it. Is just own it, and say, all right, see, this is what happened, you know, yep. and it takes away the embarrassment and everything." <laughs> I will keep that in mind for softball season if I make such a mistake. <laughs> it was a yeah. sock, a strikeout, and a walk. I combined them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Based on balls. <laughs> Uh, okay, the J.J. Smith Unsung Hero Award. Which minor character steals the movie in a scene or in that role? Tom, who is your unsung hero? Uh, well, I, I'm going to go with Tim Meadows again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think hit the when he gets all of the when he does calls the all the uh, junior girls into the the gym and then starts to be the one to uh, run the the discussion and then the first answer is about <laughs> feminine hygiene products and him just saying you know what i shouldn't be the one running this i'm going to turn it over i <laughs> i could just see that uh also him uh yeah after he's given the crown and she's going on on the speech <laughs> periodically you know you don't have to give a speech it's not. <laughs> it's not customary to, to. You can just take the crowd. Uh, that, that was hilarious as well. Uh, but but I think a great bit part was the guy who was running the uh, mathletes competition, the the moderator oh. who just. And this is because I did not math not mathletics, but I did scholar bowl in high school and college. So I, I've been in some of those type of situations. And I've seen moderators that do that. Uh, there is no pomp and circumstance. There is no like easing in. We are getting right to it. And like he, there was just here's the first question. You just got in here, and now uh, the and after 87 minutes of competition, we are tied. I think it was a great line. Uh, oh my god, they've been doing mathletics for 87 minutes. That's really uh, funny. That rapid fire. I, oh my gosh. And, and Kenny G's line when they when they walk out, oh great great turnout this year. And there's like five people there <laughs> in this huge auditorium. Great, great turnout. <laughs> That's good. My JJ Smith unsung hero award goes to Amanda Seyfried as Karen Smith. It's really hard yeah. to pull off stupid, and she does it. And if you watch if you watch movies. We there are thousands of stupid characters, thousands mm -hmm. of them, and 
to to feel almost like fresh, fresh stupid, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like like the the kind of stupid that Karen Smith is, I I haven't seen before because she's actually really not emotionally stupid. There is zero actual knowledge in her noggin, but there there is some legitimate emotional depth in some of the some of the actions that she has, the way she talks to people. It's it's such a magnificent acting job and it's constantly hilarious. It stole the show for me. When we get to quotes, like 80% of them are Karen quotes. <laughs> and you feel as though because of that, you feel as though had she not fallen in with Regina and the plastics, like she would have been a really nice person. Yeah. And I think totally. you gotta see that at the end, like when they've all kind of gone their separate ways of you know, she she's she's so committed to being that weather forecaster, she's out there in the rain. There's a thirty percent chance <laughs> it's already raining. <laughs> I honestly, I think it's Damien. Damien, I think, was just the perfect, like, little snippets here and there when when he was, and none for Gretchen Wieners, bye. Like, he he was in every important scene and he was a part of every important thing that happened in the movie. And just the way that he, he was just, God, with the freaking, like, the hoodie and the glasses on and just always being there being involved with like the mean girl stuff he was just your perfect typical best friend role where uh you know he didn't get overly involved but he was in it he, he was in it and he was bought in and just the lines that he delivered he was so sarcastically funny that you're like yeah i, I need to hang out with somebody like this in my life because they you know they keep things fresh and they keep things Funny and also kind of lighthearted at the same time, but yeah, I thought he was. I thought his character was really perfect. When, when he and Janice kiss there at the end, and they're like, Ugh, "No, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is hilarious. Good stuff. <laughs> that's a good one." <laughs> uh, I think that's the first time we brought up Damien on this pod, and he doesn't even go here. He <laughs> Oh, Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, another unsung hero, I think, is the girl in the in assembly that doesn't go there and yes. does her like. You know, that's the only, the only, the only. <laughs> do you even go to school here? No, and TV. All right, just all right. Go home. <laughs> leave. She's going yeah. hard. Like, yes. It. She. Well, she comes in to get one out. And throws it 170 yes. miles per hour. She wants to bake a cake of rainbows. <laughs> who doesn't? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Pinch hitter, who would you have liked to see in the movie as one of the main characters? So I, I, I took that as like, all right, I'm adding a plastic. Who's that plastic? I put Hillary Duff. This is right at the end of Lizzie Ooh. McGuire. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a... a a little bit like Rachel McAdams, like at the time, Hillary Duff beloved and like it would have been interesting to see her play somebody mean at this point in, in a big project like this. So my answer was Hillary Duff. And you know what? She a Cinderella story came out the same year. Yeah. And and she was like that sweet, like mm-hmm. Katie Heron. Oh, my gosh. Waiting for you is like waiting for rain. Useless and disappointing. Disappointing. <laughs> wow. A lot of movies, movie people. 
That's just such a classic. Oh my god, that movie's anyway. Moving on. <laughs> Oscar winner Regina King. <laughs> like, <laughs> Emmy winner Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer that cast Coolidge. is stacked. <laughs> I mean, it really is. You're not wrong. Oh, uh, Sam, who's your pinch hitter? Okay, so I took an interesting route here, and I think that the cast of Never Been Kissed being in this movie to see because they had Mean Girls. They had sweet girls, you know, they had all of it. I mean, the guy that you like was the teacher. We That's a different conversation, but um, <laughs> they had like the, the few mean girls and that's kind of Drew Barrymore's character started to try to like, how do I, how do I get popular? How do I get in with these girls and blah, blah, blah. So I think it would have been really interesting to see if there were like two mean girl clans in, in the, in the school how they would have meshed together if they would have been one big power group or if they would have been at war with each other and how would the nice girls kind of fit in there um i thought it, there was kind of like a lot of parallels between never been kissed and mean girls in that kind mm -hmm. of uh relationship but yeah and I, I also just really love that movie too <laughs> <laughs> you just got so like cuddly all of a sudden yes. It's just like you put it on when it's raining out if you're not in Arizona and you just feel good. <laughs> but yeah, that's my pinch hit, my pinch hitting team, basically. Wow. Nice call. You've got the Oklahoma you. of benches. After <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Winning a natty. <laughs> I, I think it may have taken away from Amy Poehler's character a little bit if they had done this, but I would like to have seen maybe a teacher that was the cool teacher that was kind of the mean girls teacher type, which, you know, as I said, I think Jennifer Connelly would play that well. She that should be there. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to say no to an appearance on screen from our queen, Jennifer Connelly, for whom we are grateful every day when we wake up. <laughs> I'm just trying to get her more work. Great. It's all I'm trying yeah. to do. <laughs> Here's to you, Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> Moving on to the. I'm on it. Quote of the movie award. <laughs> I have the giggles tonight. This is so, we have like five more categories. Tom, uh, Tom, you go first. Quote of the movie. One of my favorites is, now you might be thinking that I'm turning into a bitch, but that's just because <laughs> I'm acting like a bitch. <laughs> we can say our answers now because that that's like so good. Just... <laughs> Pretty much nailed it. And I, I do think also like the voiceover narration that they use, I think that that was a good way to kind of further some things along and, and kind of keep it a little bit lighthearted, actually, in a way that it was going on. It's like, this is her on the op on the other end of it telling the story. So the device of doing the, the voiceovers. But I think that that one was just just was just next level. You might think it. It's just because I was acting like it. Oh, right. Got it. Yes. No wonder I'm thinking it. You are correct. You are correct, ma'am. This is one I wrote down a lot for. Because, like, I, all my other ones is one answer. But this one, go. I'm just like. Yes. I, I, I think, like, she doesn't even go here. That, mm -hmm. that is used constantly still. Um, you can't sit with us. It, like, we say, we'll say that we'll be eating our pregame meal before softball game and one of our teammates will come over and will say you can't sit with us and then like they sit with us you know like <laughs> why we, who would ever say you can't sit with us to somebody it just it blows right. my mind but um 
Amy Poehler, you know, I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. That just the way she delivers it too, like that line, very much something that Regina George's mom would say, but the way that she delivers it, it's with the wink and like the shoulder, you know, it's just so great where you're like, she really believes she's the cool mom and they're like going to make fun Mm -hmm. of her, you know, boo, you whore. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just like (laughs) constantly still used among my friends to this day. Oh, if somebody can't do something, oh, boo, you whore. Um, and then finally, something that I that I like constantly, constantly say is, oh my God, that was one time. It's not even like that, like special of a line. Right. The, like the exasperation. Oh my God, that was one time. <laughs> Making so, out with a hot dog. Yes, that'll, that'll yeah. do. It was one so one time. <laughs> so, just so these lines are just so usable, you know. Quote this is a quotable movie. I can't wait to hear Gray's. As the, the the only other one, and then I'll, I'll let Gray go off. Was that Gray and I have actually used this on a in a softball broadcast before, and it's the limit does not exist. Of course, <laughs> does yes. uh... right? Not in a throwaway, you know. Wednesday night against random mid-major team, like during a nail-biting SEC Sunday afternoon game, the limit is, does not exist has come up. Yeah, multiple okay. times over multiple years. <laughs> it's uh, also a great gift. The limit does not exist. It's like a great answer, and yeah. you know, like in a good text. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Oh my gosh! Hey. Here we go. <clears throat> yeah, I like math. Ew, why? Just, yes. Um, so if you're Being from personal. Africa, why are you white? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my God, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. That's so bad, but so funny. Uh, cool mom scene when Amy Poehler goes, because if you're going to drink, I'd rather you just do it in the house. <laughs> Uh, I also like her. You, you can't see anything? Snacks? Condoms? <laughs> they don't even acknowledge her. They don't. All right. See y'all later. You kids keep me young. <laughs> you want to do something fun? You want to go to Taco Bell? <laughs> you know I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you're so stupid. God, mm. Karen. I also uh, uh, I have seen the shirt. We got the shirt for my oldest daughter. Is butter a carb? Oh, classic. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. And the answer is yes. No. <laughs> uh, it's like a have ESPN or something. Classic. Just, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't hate you because you're fat. You're fat because I hate you. Makes no sense, but yes. And uh, and and finally, uh, the limit does not exist. Is the last one on my list. Shout out! I to love that. that you guys both said that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't hate you because you're fat. You're fat. Because <laughs> I hate you. Oh, so I feel like stupid. too. Um, when when they're talking to Katie for the first time in the cafeteria, and um, she's like, "You're like really pretty," and she says, "Thank you." So you agree? You think you're really pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, uh, trying to catch it 
Gotcha. Oh my God. It's such a trap. Always. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, it's, oh, look, it's a dream come true. You're falling into a bunch of girls. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, the, and the fact and the, when Gretchen does hers and Karen is the only one to catch her <laughs> is... Perfect. Just perfect. And because because and I can see it happening because the teachers are talking and they're not noticed they're not watching what's going on and it happens and then she's like oh <laughs> <laughs> oops yeah great stuff just really well done oh man <sighs> we got it we got to move on because this this is amazing but we have more to to see too we got uh, this the meme generator. Best meme from the movie, I'll just go. Uh, Amy Poehler recording the talent show. Like, I, I use that all the time in texts, tweets. Impeccable. It's good. Sam? I like, uh, I like, I like Damien in the hoodie and the sunglasses where he's right. just like, you know, blending in. I, I, I that, that's gotta be my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. That one with she doesn't go here. Uh, also making it into a gif of, Gretchen kicking the uh, the boombox into Jason's face. <laughs> that thing's got some velocity. She, she like booted it. That was Gianna Paul esque. The usually uh, the transfer portal award. We love you, G. A yes. different movie you'd love to see main characters in spinoff ideas. Uh, again, I'll just go first here. Like, give me a mini series based on the concept of the Walmart commercial. It's all, I mean, it doesn't have to be a movie. Yeah. I'm cool with like a, like an eight episode HBO Max, Netflix miniseries. That would be one awesome. Season. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make it happen. If we can make Ted Lasso off of a promo on NBC, we can do that with this Walmart commercial. It's so convenient that, that came out today. <laughs> Definitely, because I had nothing until that came out. <laughs> like, wow, what did you have before? Um, I, I would love to see like a Regina in college, or I would love to see Regina face another Regina and see how like how her development would kind of make her interact with another Regina if she would become like old school Regina and be like, I'm taking her down, or if she would try to like show her the light or something like that. Like I, I would love to see a, a growth and development of Regina, especially still in her young, like early twenties kind of age. I would I would be interested to see like what at the very end of the movie when they see the new ninth grade plastics that are that are walking around and, and Katie says something to the effect of we we handle them uh and see well what what do they do how do they, I mean they don't get hit by the bus but what what right. happens Probably. Yeah, what happens in this situation right what happens in this situation I think that would be interesting and also I was going to ask you Sam have you ever you don't have to name names but have you ever played with a girl uh, that you think might have been told to uh, to to funnel all their uh, emotions into sports, and it has made that changeover, like uh, like uh, like Regina did. You know, I have played with people who probably don't realize that that's what they're doing. Like nobody told them to do that. That's just what's happening. So yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> the limit does not exist for the number the of limit that, that have done that. Correct. <laughs> wow, I really, I really now want to see a different kind of behind the scenes AU softball documentary. Let's playing the Mean Girls out. music. Yes. 
off the wall little details we still have questions about tom i'll let you fire away first when they first come out for pe the first time that we are introduced why are we carrying regina why are these boys <laughs> carrying this girl out uh, which is funny also in the musical that is they they actually they open up the cafeteria uh wall and regina is standing on the cafeteria table and they bring her out uh it, it's a really grand entrance for her it's very similar <laughs> though uh but yeah look, i i can't understand why and like it seems as though they would be cheerleaders, but they're they're not. Hmm. That's a good point. Maybe that maybe that was you know a a point of they're even too cool to be cheerleaders. Did they have a football team? We Can never we see a football team. Like we know they have soccer. Maybe Aaron's costume was like uh, because of longing. Like yeah. I wish we had this. That we know they, they have, have soccer. They have swimming and lacrosse, and that's all we know that they have. Then they're in Chicago. You would think they would have football, but who knows? I, the crown at the end, when Katie's breaking it off, and th there were so many pieces that it it was like 10 crowns worth of pieces. And it's not like she was chipping off little tiny pieces. She was yeah. like a right. quarter of the crown went to each person. And she just, and then she throws a bunch of pieces to the crowd. <laughs> that crown did not produce that many pieces and i just want to know why they thought it would come off like it was just one crown <laughs> yes. regina gets half of it the piece yeah. she catches is so huge huge They're like yeah. it, and it was one crown one crown and heck of a throw and catch for someone who can't move their head because it's in a in a halo yeah. fractured yeah. spine how fractured is she spine. standing and then like, playing lacrosse <laughs> next year yeah, I mean, I she's on recovery. the Montana recovery path. Like, I don't know how. <laughs> the other one I I have is, why is the uh, auditorium and projection room not locked? <laughs> like. It should be. Yeah, like school security should be monitoring that area a lot more. Yeah, a lot of shenanigans are happening. A lot of shenanigans <laughs> happening. Oy vey. Hmm. Inclu including a, a, a PE coach that can't spell chlamydia. <laughs> Tried to spell it with you a K. Will, you will die. Gotta gotta <laughs> say the coach the coach car stuff. Eh. Yeah, that that might have been a, a kind of a landmine dish. It's a little little, well. little grody, little landmine. Yeah. 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 Anyone else have anything for off the wall? Don't think so. No, I just the crown. I think about that's another Roman Empire. I think about that crown like <laughs> once a week. <laughs> I think it's so many pieces. So so many pieces. All right, that's, the, that's it. I might be I might be showing my age. I apologize, Baby Gray. We know we've covered it. It's okay. When they go shopping, the woman says, "You can try Sears," and my mind was like, "What? Could you <laughs> used to buy dresses at Sears?" Yeah, Absolutely. you can buy. You can buy everything at Sears. Really? Yeah, anything you want. Yeah. Sears had a decent was, clothing section. Yeah. Sears was like, I don't know if more upscale is the right word, but it was like Walmart. Like you could you could get appliances, you could get your get tires, you could get tools, you could get clothes, you could get your picture taken. They had everything at Sears. Really? Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. why I'm I'm amazed that it it was one of the you know, one of the victims of retail stores going out because it, it it really yeah it had everything 
in my it head, it's like washer and dryer, like that kind of place. Yeah, it had that and too. But yeah, no. Fascinating. And it's fascinating. Would Sears have had a good spring fling dress? That's why it, it was such an insult. Okay. He would have had an affordable one. Mm. Yes. That could but be it, a size seven. Right. But Regina George would not be caught dead wearing a Sears dress. Social suicide as well as the mathletes. Mm, man. I, I, I thought it was funny. And again, this is someone who played Scholar Bowl in high school. Even like it wasn't just the plastics. Everybody said that being a mathlete would be social suicide. Like even the <laughs> even the people that didn't have a good social standing were like, no, you don't want to be a mathlete. Damien's like, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Absolutely not. The, 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 the two sexually active band geeks were like, no, do not. <laughs> uh, why didn't Regina ever Google uh, Alta Vista Ask Jeeves Calteen bars? It, like that, she was eating those things for months. And nobody, like Shane was with her a lot. There was no prior notice. I just thought the timing of that was interesting. It took a while for somebody to be there to help her get clued yeah, i don't think I, google exists at that time i was gonna say i don't remember but they had alta vista i know that but like you never see a computer in the house like yeah. their phones wouldn't have connected to it like you had to go to a computer lab at school hey i'm just saying i'm just Again, saying it, it took a while yeah. for for her to get for some yeah clued sure. in. Yeah, I understand, but you're again. This might be showing your age a little bit. Like there was a point of time, and it wasn't that long ago. A point in time where if you had a question, sometimes you just didn't know the answer for an, yeah. for an extended period of time until you got to an encyclopedia or an almanac. Yeah, or somebody that generally knew the answer. You 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 didn't just have it in your hands. Let, let me Google. And somehow we were smarter then than started. we are now. <laughs> I think funny. somehow Google has made us dumber as a society. That's well, a, that, there that, are that's a lot of people who won't actually Google the things that they're wondering, so they just say right. things. Right. That's also true. We have yes. a different segment for that, Tom. That's a that's a whole different podcast. That's a different podcast, which we'll entitle Get Off My Lawn by Tom Ganterberry. <laughs> when I just when uh, I just rail on the youth of America. Yeah, we stay tuned them. for our spinoff pods that we'll be announcing at the end of the year. <laughs> Tom, Tom yelling at the clouds. What's the actual punishment from the school for Katie? All we get was a lot. That's all she says to Miss Norberry when she oh, asks. Yeah. So what? what is the punishment for Katie? Because like, if she's suspended, then she's not going with the mathlete. So what, what happens to her? That's another one. They address it a little bit more in the musical. And it's something to the effect of a suspension, but it was a suspension where she could still participate in that type of stuff. It was it was kind of like grounding, where they where they didn't the guy the, the dad didn't know what that oh so she can't leave when she's grounded. No, right? Um, yeah, it, it was a suspension, but it wasn't like a expulsion, so that she could still do stuff. Okay, maybe I can live with that. Great answer. question. Yeah. Uh, what position does Regina play in softball, Sam? Fire away. What position does Regina play? She, she's 100% a pitcher. 100,000 100, million percent a pitcher. Sorry what? to every pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
We're figuring but, out who you were talking about earlier, aren't we? No, it's 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 not so much that it's because because she's the star of the show and pitchers are the star of the show yeah. and they gotta be they gotta you know they gotta have a little bit of an edge because they you know that game rides on them so she would be for sure a pitcher. Tom, what is Regina George's best pitch? Oh, <laughs> uh, she she's all heat. She's rise ball. She's all heat. All I was gonna say violent rise ball. <laughs> You don't know where it gets, don't don't dig in. You don't know where it's going. She is going full on, uh, which I, so I thought scared. also the 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 girls in the in the junior assembly who said the one girl that says I don't need this. I'm pitching tomorrow or something that affects yeah. two softball players. Uh, I, I I thought you'd probably appreciate that one, Sam. That is funny. Um, yeah, no, hundred like I can't deal with this drama. I got to focus. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. How long do Katie and Aaron stick together? So Aaron goes to college. Katie, quote, sees him on the weekends. She's a senior. A local. So, yeah. No. So first off, where is he going? Is he at Northwestern? I've... Northwestern. Yeah. They say Northwestern. Okay. And that's, so... where, and that's where her mom got tenure. So that's why they she moves from Africa. Do they stick together very long? How, how, how quickly does this dissolve? I think they're done by Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow. It's, I mean... Well, he 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 did date Regina George, so you, you you don't really know kind of his intentions or how he really sees relationships or what would be make a lasting relationship a lasting partner. So I could, I mean, it kind of reminds. I have the same question about Chad Michael Murray and Hillary Duff in a Cinderella story. Like, how long? How long did? They're also you know, done see? rather quickly. Hundred percent. It took yeah. them that long to get figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I like they're either getting married because he waited or it's done because he's like high school girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super hot. I don't think, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they stay together, but I don't think it ends poorly. I think it ends amicably because they're both mature enough. That's that's how I see it happening. Okay. I like that. That's a very sweet answer, Tom. That's, That's what I do. Yes. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> often I'm often quoted as the sweet guy. <laughs> All right, the uh the, 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 that you you can you can snip that and use that as a drop for something, I'm sure. Oh, I'll save that for something. <laughs> the Kelly Kretschmann Jackie Traina Haley McClinney Award for MVP, the most valuable player in the movie. We will let our guest Sam Fisher reveal her MVP of a 2004 smash hit Mean Girls. Thank you so much. And I'm proud to say, I think it's Miss Norbury. I think that she's, yeah, hands down the MVP. She, like, she didn't take shit. Sorry. She didn't take any crap from people. Um, I realized I said boo you whore earlier, so I guess right. okay. I think, I but, think we're fine. Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, listener discretion is advised. Sorry, <laughs> this movie was rated R for like a hot second. It's fine. <laughs> My bad. Um, as long as we don't know also, Wolf of Wall Street, because uh, apparently that has the most F words is like per capita of any movie ever. I've never seen it. Best quote would be a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but I think she was like, she she saw what was happening and she still she held Katie accountable and I think that that was that's why like I think looking at like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's characters was like Regina George and Katie Heron like Katie can grow up to be somebody like Miss Norbury and 
see like the, I see what's happening. I see what's going on and you're failing for a boy. Like, no, absolutely not. That's so stupid. Um, and just holding, holding her accountable, I think was what really stood out and made her the MVP. And, you know, she got, had some good jokes in there too, but I, I do think runner up is uh, as already mentioned, Janice for basically creating the mm. problem and then help helping to fix it. Like we don't have a movie without Janice in. We really don't. <laughs> right. Hmm. But that's those are my awards. Well, main one. I think the MVP is just is that the uh, what the movie's named after the Mean Girls, the the group there, the the dynamic of uh, Regina and Gretchen and Kate and Katie and how they all came together. It, it was as we talked about before. It was relate. It was rel. It it it, it, it had relevance. Like that, they were yes, they were over the top characters, but they were also realistic in a way. Uh, so I I thought they did a really good job. Like you said, that you know there was actually a point where you actually felt sorry for Regina. There was you know you, there was a point where you kind of felt sorry for all of them. You could see the good that they had, but when they all came together, it, it all it all went south. That's a great answer. Uh, I've got Rachel McAdams mm-hmm. on my list. Uh, she is not my pick. I've got Lindsay Lohan on my list, but she is not my pick. If you look at Lindsay Lohan's filmography, this is like the end. It's like Mean Girls and then and then off the cliff we go. Next movie yeah. is Herbie Fully Loaded, which is fine. You know, nothing. I mean, it's, is it? it's okay. Is it? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> right. like it's, it's watchable. It's We're not doing a podcast about it. No. But it's, it's okay. Uh, and then And then it's like, into into the stuff into the obscurity and the drama and and all that stuff so this is like really you could argue the last great role ever in the lindsay lohan canon which is really sad because there was talent there uh the mvp is tina fey uh the script her her part as miss norberry i I just I, i think that the way that this movie has been indelible to people of all ages no matter where you're from who you are what you've grown up in i mean we we've talked about the high school experience i mentioned earlier my high school experience radically different from from the two of yours and and everybody in this movie and there's still stuff in this movie that i have seen and experienced and everybody can relate to what is on screen uh, a laugh a minute. How many times have we just been cackling on this podcast? Yeah. I, I think that the, the script is so good. Her part is Ms. Norberry. Sam, to everything you said, Tina Fey is the MVP of Mean Girls, like by far. And to keep cashing in on it with the musical and everything else and the fact that people are still asking her about a sequel, just Tina Fey. I think one thing to add too about her brilliance that you don't leave this movie hating women. And I think that that's really important because mean girls are tough. It's tough. It's tough dealing with mean girls in real life, but you don't leave it thinking like, God, I, I can't have deal with women. It was really tastefully done in a way where you appreciate the characters, you appreciate your real life experiences and you almost learn a little bit about maybe how to deal with some of it in, in a way. But I, I think that that's also really important to note that, that this movie was, made made by women for everybody and for everybody to see kind of just hey like we're, we're everybody's like an onion you know you got all these layers 
But I, I do think that kind of goes back to my earlier point, like I was saying, that it was it's a movie that has a message, uh, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it. And it doesn't exactly. and it doesn't tell you that you're wrong the entire time while you're watching it, uh, which, again, that's something that movies with a message nowadays rarely are able to do because no one knows how to be subtle about anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fetch. It is. So fetch. <laughs> I'm not going to stop, Sam. I No, I hope you never do. I see, Sam, this was the, uh, you chose today as the ponytail day. <laughs> That's another one. We can, you can only wear ponytails one, one time yeah. a week. And I, I guess you I'm, chose I today. I, that was rude. another little, a little knit that I noticed. She's also, I think she's wearing jeans in that scene too. So Katie's like immediately out. If it's not jeans, it's like leggings, which is a big no. Mm. So yeah, she, I don't know what she's wearing the next day. Cause she has to put her hair down and like, we gotta go, we yeah. gotta go get some skirts. Well, they hadn't uh, gone to the, to the mall yet to pick out all her clothes. So I think they kind of gave her a pass for that first day. Okay. I'm going to say. That's fine. My call. Credit. Thank yeah. you, Tom. Michael. Tom, co-screenwriter, along with Tina Fey. I'm here to help. <laughs> there was a chapter about me in Bossy Pants. I don't know if you read it. <laughs> Which is a funny book, by the way. If you've never read that, it's Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants. Really good. Mm-hmm. You should read that. I got it somewhere well, in here. <laughs> hey, I mean, while we're on that topic, let's go to the rec center. What do we want to recommend to the listeners at home? Things that we've seen lately or read. Sam, what what's your rec? I, I honestly think that I said the same rec last time. I said Ted Lasso. I still stand by it. I think you should watch Ted Lasso, whether they like sports or not. It, it It's so good. But also, I added um, Suits because we just were like almost in watch Suits. And it is so good i don't feel like I become a better person because of it like ted lasso the other thing i ha- I didn't put any i haven't read lately that i'm like i need everybody to read this immediately um but i put if you haven't seen it already you have to watch Encanto. i mm. i i think that that is just like such a wonderful movie and it's very colorful and the songs are like the music's incredible obviously but um just like a really like be who you are kind of movie. And I think that everybody should watch it. Excellent recommendation, Tom. What, what, what's on the screen while you're at the beach? Uh, there is a new documentary that is just dropped on uh, Netflix called life on earth. Uh, and it's, it's got a lot of uh, CGI from the people that did Jurassic park and those type of movies. Um, and it's basically goes back. Each episode is a, like the first episode was an overall overview showing like the five major extinction events that have happened in earth's history. And then how plants or animals evolved after it, uh, to end up to be where we are today. And the best thing is that it's narrated by Morgan Freeman. So, I mean, it's, uh, th- that is one, uh, if you need something to kind of chill out and watch, I think that'd be a good one to do. Cause you know, you can just listen to Morgan Freeman, read the phone book and it'd be interesting and, and fun to listen to. Uh, so that I think that one is really cool. And I'm also, I'm watching something. Uh, my wife's watched the whole thing. I've only watched like the first season and a half of it or so. It's called Bloodline on <gasps> Netflix. And yes! That is, yes. Was that on your list too? 
I no, because I've seen it <laughs> since it came out. I wow. I I actually haven't. Now that I think about it, I haven't finished the first season, but I, I want to know how all this happens. It, it's right, very wow. yeah. It, it's 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 a mer- a mystery type show where like the scenes are out of order and you don't know that they're out of order until a certain point. Uh, so it, it's it's very interesting. It stars my king Kyle Chandler. Yeah, my boy Ben Mendelsohn, Velma, Linda Cardellini. Let's go. Yeah. So th- those those are one is good. my favorite season of television ever. Tom, you're in for a treat. Seriously, I watch it. Every oh year. wow. Okay. So there's that. Uh, I am as I've, I've put this in a in a group chat. The Gray is a part of as well. I am rage watching Outer Banks because. <laughs> These kids are like I'm not rooting for any of these kids at this point. I they're they're all so dumb that they do such dumb stuff. And then like major traumatic events happen to them, and an hour later they're just chilling. And I it's very it's very I I just I want to see how it ends, and I hope it ends soon. Is what it is. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Outer Banks. Mm. Obx. Pogues for life. Pogues for life. <laughs> they lived on an island for six months and then came back like nothing happened. <laughs> what is going on? I I did not. I chose not to watch the recent season. Did I miss anything? <laughs> so much. And I don't like any of it. <laughs> but I got to finish it. Mm. Pogues for life. You know, I got to say, the most bizarre moment of COVID was walking down the stairs and seeing my father like binging Outer Banks, my 73-year-old father. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what are you watching? Like, Outer Banks is so good. These kids treasure. I was like, okay, go to bed. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. What are you doing? They're just, uh, I don't like any of them. I don't like any of the kids. Oh, man. I'm like rooting for the people trying to throw them in camp at this point. <laughs> All right. On that I, note, that, that's my too. <laughs> speaking of speaking of joyous, uh, the the three hour and twenty six minute epic from Martin Scorsese that is the Killers of the Flower Moon. I have seen it. It is stunningly beautiful. Watch it. That's all I have to say. Uh, TV show wise, only murders in the building. Just Sam has been a part of a group chat where I have waxed poetic about it with our dear friend of the pod, Emily P. Tech Clifford, and friend of the pod, Tara Henry. When you add Meryl Streep to your cast for a season, odds are things are going to level up. And season three of Only Murders in the Building, chef's kiss, perfection. And I think that's all I've got. I'm watching a lot of shows right now, but nothing I'm a, I'm obsessed with, nothing I'm in love with. I mean, new season of Love, of, Love is Blind was pretty good, but... Huh. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting to see what the next big thing to drop is. I can't believe that I never watched Suits before now because like it came out years ago and I'm obsessed. It's like the only show my husband won't fall asleep watching, <laughs> which is like means it's really good. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes of any show that has happened recently was watching the Hard Knocks for the New York Jets. And, you know, you're watching it knowing mm. Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt on the first play of regular season. But yeah, there's a scene where Robert Salah, the head coach of the Jets, is going 
to uh, MetLife Stadium for a preseason game, and they shoot it like the opening of The Sopranos, complete with the the, the song and everything, Blue Moon wow. in My Eye, and like I got chills watching it, and it was like I was like I was getting fired up and excited uh, when they did the the Sopranos parody for Robert Salah. That's episode four of this this past Hard Knocks. Just like that, the Jets season quick hmm. cut to black. <laughs> it did. Don't stop believing, Gray. Don't Just, stop believing. Uh, okay. Well, I, I guess this Jets conversation is a perfect way to cap off this episode yeah. of Out of the Box Office where we discussed the cinematic classic Mean Girls. Sam Fisher, thank you so much for taking some time and joining us on this on this phenomenally thorough podcast episode we really we really went all in here i appreciate Mm -hmm. i appreciate the conversation this is really great and tom we'll be back soon (laughs) yeah media day is coming up yeah so folks stay tuned for the media day schedule stay tuned for another episode of this probably before all those episodes come out but until then thank you to our guest sam fisher from my partner tom canterbury i'm gray robertson this has been out of the box office we'll catch you next time Thank you.